0: All right. How are you getting on? You well? You well? How's things? So listen, this is a very interesting, ah, an educational, ah, episode of the pod, not just my normal shite. This is actually me chatting to someone who knows what they're talking about for a change, not having to go with Killian Sunderman or, you know, Sean Burke or anyone like that. <laughs> but this is, I'm chatting to an engineer on this pod. I've teamed up with Science Week to make you Science Week at the knees with so much information, your head so big, you collapse. Ah, <laughs> no, I had a really interesting chat with Patricia Scanlon, who is an engineer in the field of AI and has been for about 20 years. She's the founder of Soapbox Labs, which is an incredible uh, company that basically looks for speech recognition, AI, using AI to recognize the speech uh, specifically of kids so that they can all be kind of graded in a kind of unbiased way to kind of free up teachers time. She talks about it. It's incredible. And she's also Ireland's first AI ambassador which I was like, oh, my God, right. Does that mean that you're going to show up one day and be like, yeah, the AI want to harvest your organs? That's just what I'm telling you on behalf of the AI, because I'm their ambassador. Turns out that's not what it is at all. And I ask her a lot of dumb questions on this part. Um, but she was very courteous and very charming. And we had a really good chat. And that's what this chat is for Science Week. Me and Patricia Scanlon, she let me call her Trish, uh, talking about AI. Now, wonder of flying the ointment is this. As I was looking back on the footage, right, I already feel stupid talking to somebody who's so smart, right? And that's not her fault, right? She made me feel very comfortable, right? And she tolerated some very stupid questions on my behalf, right? But I was watching back on the footage, and I noticed there was just this rogue hair just sticking out of the back of my head, right? And I looked stupid, right? I already felt stupid. I looked stupid. And, um, and I thought, what can I do about this, right? I, I don't want to look at my hair like that. And I thought, I wonder if I can actually use AI ah, to correct this mistake. And what I've done instead of having myself sit there and ask Trish questions is I have replaced myself with a hot werewolf version of me that was created by Cheska Saunders, incredible graphic designer and genius artist Cheska Saunders that I actually used for a live show a few months back that I probably will use again for a probably full running TV show. But anyway, we'll get to that in a second. I had this puppet, right? And I replaced myself with this puppet and used AI for speech recognition to have it lip sync and move its head based on how I was moving, right? So that might seem a little bit distracting and it's not particularly funny, <laughs> but it did help me feel a lot more comfortable watching back this footage. So here is <laughs> Trish, Patricia Scanlon, founder of Soapbox Labs, chatting to me as a hot werewolf because I was so self-conscious, chatting with the technology of AI, talking about AI. Please enjoy. All the best. See you in a bit. Uh, what is your what's your favorite? Uh, do you use any kind of commercial AI's If of, of the kind of in your pocket quote unquote AIs of your series of your Googles of your of your Alexes.
1: Uh, God, it's part of the the you know it's part of the damage now. I just use them. My poor kids ended up getting every single voice and <laughs> toy and doll for years for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> My daughter doesn't even play with dolls. Never yeah. did but here's a Barbie that talks. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, and then we'd be gone. Ah, yeah, doesn't work. <laughs> and the
0: Furby that you're. Like yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, seriously, I've work, got
1: yeah. I've got I've got clapping toys. Anything. Like that, but you know, we definitely have Siri in our house. With mm-hmm. Alexa. We have, um, you know, probably every Apple device known to man. Like,
0: how come Siri is so stupid?
1: Yeah, <laughs> is that okay. because
0: they're trying protecting our information? So what I heard is that it's is some encryption issue with the fact that Siri isn't telling everyone everything. Yeah, I mean, so look, look. To be dumb.
1: fair, I could say you know that's being generous, but it is actually fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have issues. You sure, um, sure. No, that's true. Right, So I, I know that they don't um, take your audio data and transmit it to the cloud, attached to your identity and process it there and then therefore tune it based on who you are. Mm. It does actually reside. So they do send information, but it's just not the audio information connected to your name and your identity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it will be a little more stupid, yeah. but sometimes some of us are going to pay for that. right? We prefer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say there's other issues. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. <laughs> but um, no, in general, that's that's uh, it is a privacy stance that I know Apple take that they like to they fall on one side and they're very protective over data privacy. Yeah, when it comes to kids stuff like that, so sure. they, they've decided to fall on one side of it. Um, Others have chosen not to. And actually, to be honest, a lot of end users Mm -hmm. don't care. They just want the free service. They want the better, Mm -hmm. the better ads. They want the better, you know, so they they choose to fall on that side. And I think that's where it's going to go in the future. Some people will pay for privacy and some people won't.
0: Well, that'll be an interesting thing to talk about as well, because I do think that there probably is at some point going to be some sort of more clear divide about what 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 internets we kind of navigate in. Yeah. And there's probably going to be then uh, and AIs that, that derive all of their knowledge from this set yeah. internet, yes, which yes. is quite a terrifying idea.
1: Well, it's also going to be quite biased, then, right? Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, I mean, Kara <coughs> Swisher, this US tech journalist, she's brilliant. And, you mm-hmm. know, she has a burner phone that she uses for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I love that like yeah. idea. That like, I do not trust this. Here's my burner phone.
0: <laughs> you are an AI ambassador. You are uh, the Ireland's first AI ambassador. Um, does that mean that you are biased? for AI, you stand (laughs) to defend AI.
1: Do you know what? I actually took this role and I put myself forward for it and took the role is because I have been in the space for 25 years. I could see where it was going. I know it's only the tip of the iceberg. Mm. Um, I didn't take it just to be an advocate for AI. You know, I actually took it because I think there's a really important conversation to be had about what AI is, what it isn't, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, robots are coming to get us kind of thing. Not not yet anyway. but there's more really important things to talk about, about bias, safety, security, data privacy, all these things. Mm. And they're the, that's the conversation we should be having. Mm-hmm. While I know everybody loves to jump to the, the singularity, as it's called, yes. you know? um, the super intelligence and all that. And I took it because I think it's a really important time to start the conversation mm. and I, w- I wanted to help focus the conversation on stuff that's really in front of us right now. Yeah. Uh, the EU AI Act is being going to be enacted in the middle of next year. You know, Ireland and all the member countries are busy drafting it and redrafting policies. It's a really important time for everybody to have a voice on this mm. and start thinking about it and think about the real risks and the real mitigations because there's massive benefits to be had with AI. Mm-hmm. But we just if we're just mindful of the risks, we can actually glean those from it sure. without just saying, oh, we need to have it for productivity, competitiveness, which we do. But you can actually build AI in a very thoughtful way that's that's ethical Mm -hmm. um, and trustworthy. And it's actually business benefit to that as well Mm -hmm. as being good for society. And, you know, I just thought that was a really good thing to hopefully get people talking about and thinking about Mm. rather than saying, oh, how can I circumvent this regulation? How can I get my product out without having to comply? When actually, well, actually compliance is actually almost like a I know it's like a USP, it's something you mm-hmm. can differentiate yourself in a in a global market where a lot of people don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what, what are some of the main concerns in the EU AI legislation?
1: A lot of it, so <coughs> there's things around data governance. Um, so it's not just ticking a box saying I give consent for my data. You know the way, mm-hmm. nobody reads it.
0: I consent for any AI to do whatever they want.
1: Exactly right. <laughs> and it needs to be transparent. So it's OK, well, what are you collecting the data for? Are you using it for the purpose you said you would when you got the consent? Um, how are you managing it? How are you processing? Are you deleting it when you said you would? You know, there's mm-hmm. loads of governance issues around mm-hmm. it. Like what are you using for? Are you selling it? Are you licensing? Mm-hmm. It? You have to comply with the rules. Um, is it safe and secure? You know, mm-hmm. that's classic, right? Mm-hmm. Are you being transparent about when it's AI? And when it's not, you know, mm-hmm. if you're on a chatbot. I kind of want to know if I'm talking to a computer. I immediately ask, "Are you? Are you a robot?" I go to a chatbot. It's really interesting.
0: I kind of assume they're all AI. That's yeah, why I'm yeah, so yeah, awful. <laughs> that's, why, that's why. I'm so rude you to You may everyone. as well. You may as well. Yeah. Um. But
1: yeah. then, then the things like um, there's AI systems that really impact people's lives around um, you know, financial decisions, loans. Like you know, there was a classic system in in Holland that went very badly wrong about uh, you know, classifying who got certain supports and who didn't. You know, know, financial supports and stuff like that.
0: And AI was deciding that?
1: Yeah, I think there was some automation anyway, Mm -hmm. whether it was a full AI system, I'm not sure. Um, And then, you know, there's issues around explainability. So if you did get rejected for a loan, well, why? And the days wow. of the days of people saying, well, it's AI. It's like a black box. We put data in something <laughs> that's not good yeah. enough anymore. Like, sure. You know? And it's brilliant because, yes, you can build an AI system like that. But you don't there's also a way that you can build it that it can explain, mm. you know, how it arrived at conclusions. That's important um, and bias, right? So is it fair? Is it, uh, you know, bias mitigation? Are the people who have built it taken into account all the use cases, all these edge cases, how what happens in all these scenarios, you know, and really it's in some ways, it's kind of a case of looking at going, it's not it's not that it's easy, but it's not that hard either, mm-hmm. but people it's it definitely costs a little bit more, maybe a bit more resources, and a bit more time, but you've built a much better product mm-hmm. if you take all those things into account and you don't really have to worry about future legislation, because if you have built it with the human at the centre and you actually care about the outcome mm-hmm. and care about the end users, well, you're probably never going to have to worry about the regulation, being outside the regulations because you're probably already in it. Yes. You know? And it taking that mindset as opposed to saying, Oh, what do I absolutely have to do to take boxes here yeah. to get through this? There's you something
0: know. equally kind of um, very comforting about an AI system having to reveal why it made the decision it did, but also quite scary. Where <laughs> yeah. it could be like, Well, kind of you're down here and you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, that kind of revelation and and that kind of you would have to be It's kind of almost on a philosophical level, black and white about why we actually make the decisions that we do. That a lot of times gets completely overlooked. You know,
1: and true. I mean, look, another way to look at this as well is that you know, are those decisions right? Um, In some way, what I've seen happen is that AI. Everybody goes, but the AI system can be biased. And I'm there going, well, is the human (laughs) that programmed the AI or the human that annotated the AI, AI, or the legacy data you took to train the AI? Mm. All that is bias in it. So when one classic example is in CVs, you know, if you actually took 40 years of CVs and the outcomes about who got hired mm. and you throw it in a system, it's going to be biased, right? Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. all know that, right? So are the people, so when an AI system isn't being used, are the people making those decisions, have they gone through bias training? Mm. You know, unconscious bias training, like implicit bias, you know? So that kind of thing, I think is a really good conversation. Like, you know, we can all talk, look, point at the AI, but is society bias? Mm. You know, rather than pointing at the AI go, well, maybe if there's CV screening going on. Maybe we should all whoever is doing it, an AI or a human should have some kind of training. Well, that's fascinating
0: because the example you use there is kind of something that I've heard would be, I could say decision making, which would be something that, you know, people wouldn't expect maybe an AI to, to, to do, okay, but that's certainly, yeah, fair enough. but I'm no, but I'm also, I'm very, I'm very malleable as well. We're like, that sounds great. <laughs> <Where> I'm <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like the idea that all these AIRs are making these decisions and it's so unbiased, that just sounds great to me. But what are other, um, so I know that some people, uh, and a big conversation about it is, you know, employability and people kind of, is it really going to be this kind of, you know, all life, no work kind of thing? You know, so that's that's the plus being the, a lot more leisure time, a lot more of the jobs that maybe people might not want prefer to do, um, you know, could yeah. be could be done by by AI.
1: Um, that's a that whole question about uh, what AI will do and how it it helps shape future society for good or for bad. One of the interesting things um, I've been encountered since I got this role is I've had loads of conversations all over the country with lots of different people. Uh, tech people, non-tech people, and on one hand, I'm in conversations around what will happen to jobs, you know, that AI might take, and maybe people are have more free time, or maybe that's a bad thing because they don't have jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I'm in all these conversations about AI skills. We don't have enough people to do <laughs> the AI, right? Sure, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And what's really interesting is, and I think people miss a lot, is not everybody that will work in AI needs to be an engineer or a technical person. You're going to need the business minds. You're going to need the policy makers. You're going to need the people doing the data. You're going to need the user experience people. You're going to need the, you know, the design of it. You're going to need the people who are the experts in every field, like climate mm. or, or fashion or sure, uh, yeah. biotech. or med- All these people are going to have to come together and they're not because people always think, oh, it's the data scientists. Well, sure, it's just going to be jobs for data scientists mm. and engineers. And what I see is no, because in even in our business, we have, you know, you know, quite a lot of engineers, but we've all these people around them to support mm. them um, in that. And in some ways, you know, when I think back 20, 24 years, I'm very old. Uh, <laughs> I think back before the, you know, the, um, the dot com boom and the Y2K, you know, mm-hmm. absolute paranoia that went on. Yeah, there wasn't enough technical people and we were training people Three and six months, people are coming out of business and stuff like that. And they were taking three and six months courses and training up to be software engineers to go mm-hmm. in. And a lot of people have grown up, grown into complete careers in tech where they never were before that. But there was a need. And all of a sudden, the need for the we only hire people four year degrees went away because they didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, people are getting really flexible in thinking about, well, we don't have enough AI people. So what are other ways we can bring people through mm. and help contribute to this?
0: Essentially, effort. yeah, you, ha- you have to have people almost like a council, you know, of experts to to kind of keep a quality, I suppose, that the AI could maintain over a period of time.
1: In so many areas that I think is really interesting. I think it's going to create jobs we didn't even know exist now. We don't know exist now, Mm -hmm. as well as the stuff we actually do know. So I can be sure we don't have people for any of that right Mm -hmm. now. But then, you know, there will be people who will be upskilled from a lot of the jobs and you can see that happening Mm -hmm. already. So
0: yeah. Where were you? Where were you working during the the Y two K panic?
1: Um, I was actually working in Holland. Oh, I, yeah, I left college and I got this. It was great because I was fresh out of college, zero experience, but they had no engineers anywhere. So I was whisked away and yeah, you know, paid all this great money and expenses to go live in <laughs> Holland for a year. Amazing. And a half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and what side were you on? Were you were you anticipating these computers can't count to can't count past ninety nine everything's going to die?
1: Uh, what what yeah. I, no, I, I remember thinking stuff is just going to stop working or return some errors. Planes are not going to fall out of the sky. Sure. Yeah. But that was the panic. Then, yeah. Right? Really, there yeah. there people literally <laughs> got planes are good. Nobody would fly, I think, that year. I mm-hmm. think, I don't want to say like there was just, there was fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Will the nuclear stations, like, like it, yeah. you know, it was a totally, it was just fact that there wasn't enough decimal places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, sorry, like, no, uh, counter space for all this yeah. to happen. And it did have to go place. but it was, the panic was, yeah unwarranted but a lot of people did very well yeah <laughs> you know, yes yeah the world moved on. <laughs> did yeah yeah, yeah.
0: no cuz i know that's i suppose even the panic of that or the idea cuz that was a brand new concept i remember you know obviously with well, i was just my windows 95 computer or windows 98 computer um and all i'm looking at is just a little you know date in the corner and i'm yeah. like i can't see how that you know this you know this single you know binary decision is going to you know explode my computer but i think that kind of thought for people who are old enough to remember it has kind of lingered on. Yeah. And the idea that a decimal place, um, you know, like they have like they've done with, say, machine learning of, of uh, the stock market, you know, mm-hmm. of rounding up or rounding down mm-hmm. and losing millions in a day and, you yeah. know, bring the stock market to a standstill, you know, can remember exactly when that was, you know, I think that's um, or or the ultimate is that, um, you know, a, a a ultra smart, sentient machine is given the task of um, providing happiness or something yeah, broad yeah. like some broad concept like that like a broad task and they find well if there is no <laughs> no mortal life on earth then there is no there's no unhappiness so yeah, there is yeah, no you yeah, know yeah, or yeah. one of these success, success <laughs> yeah. yeah these kind of just tick the box kind of uh, very, ideas
1: like people talk a lot about the sentient and, and, and the, the super intelligence and stuff like that i mean anybody in the field of ai is like uh, you you know we're way away from that. I mean, you know, if, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you were to, you know, I don't know, you buy a state-of-the-art robot vacuum cleaner and watch a whack itself into the skirting board yeah, five yeah. times, you're like, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, You know, so there are people who think, you know, it's a lot more, the potential for that mm. super intelligence is there. And there's most people in the field would agree, it's not possible with the technology we have today. Mm. It's possible it's not even in our lifetime. Mm. There's one expert, Jan LeCun, who would say, you know, AI today is no smarter than a cat because but but in some ways, because it can't have that ability to take in all the inputs from the environment and strategize and plan. Sure. But on the flip side, within a very narrow use case, if you take any use case like speech or image processing, it can actually do a lot more than humans Mm. because an AI system can uh, hear better than humans. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're limited up to about 15, 20 kHz, depending on uh, what age you are. Um, and then, you know, with the granularity within that, what we can actually hear, we can actually miss sounds mm-hmm. if it's within a certain, you know, can be hidden quite easily where uh, a microphone here won't, uh, can pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with image processing, you know, the computer can see better than we can. You mm-hmm. could fly a drone over the burn and it could categorize, you know, the progress and the biodiversity and, and you could do that every week mm. and it would probably detect patterns that humans aren't capable of doing, mm. um, you know, so within those very narrow fields, it's really powerful and can actually do a better job in humans. Mm. But across br- yeah. more broadly, can't play chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. <laughs> and that's the classic yeah. thing, right? It's really clever within that very, uh, uh, a really good word for it is brittle. Mm. Um, it will break. So, you know, it can do, you can beat the world chess players, but that same system is useless in every other field. Mm. It has to be retrained. You really have to start from zero mm-hmm. and, and do it all over again. That's why the experts in every field are really important to train any system, you know, mm-hmm. that, that knowledge. Um, so in some ways, people think, you know, AI is like human intelligence, where I like to say, no, it's nowhere near human intelligence in that broad way, but it's actually better than human intelligence in a very narrow way. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I think you start to understand how we could possibly leverage AI. Mm. And I'll give you an example of what we do in the US is um, we're helping companies deliver uh, reading assessments into classrooms. So this like is soapbox. Yes, yeah, so yeah. soapbox. Um, so we, we, it's kind of doing a task a teacher would have to do and spend 10, 15 minutes with each kid in the class is sit and listen to them read for a minute and has to score them. They have to input the data and upload it to the system. Mm-hmm. And the AI system can just do that, Um, you know, and so the teachers freed up to actually teach and do one on one interventions and things like that. That also
0: seems like towards the end of the day, you're like, this kid is either getting incredible grades or the worst grades because you'd be so tired, like taking all that information.
1: Subjectivity is massive. Apparently there was something like 18% variance Mm. in from one assessor to another when they were doing it, where the computer's really consistent. Right, yeah. And you built it correctly and without bias, which we strove to do uh, and, and delivered it is you can actually get a really objective system. Mm. What we've also done is done something beyond what humans can do, which is uh, measure fluency intonation, you know, that rhythm mm-hmm. in which you speak it's a real good indicator of fluency. So you can actually take um, a fluency measurement that a teacher can't measure. So you could say, I read fluency fluently, mm. but you probably could not put a number on it and then compare it to the next person. You'll be really yeah, hard to do, especially true. with 30 kids. Yeah, yeah. But a computer go absolutely can do this. Yeah. You know, and so we're that's a good example of how we're doing more mm. than what humans are able to do in a very narrow field. Mm. And there's a lot of power in that.
0: Yeah. Well, what was the first instance of, say, machine learning or AI where you were kind of sparked, you know, in your mind that, wow, this is an incredible this. The, the potentials for these for this is incredible. if You can recall.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I think one of the f- thing I started on 2000 was uh, lip reading. Um, mm. so we were getting computers to lip read. So in it was more of a case of speech recognition was so bad <laughs> we had to augment it somehow because <laughs> back in 2000 it was really bad. Yeah. I say it was getting less than 50% right actually you know with a real data set. Um, and then the idea was around augmentation but then that the possibilities of that was brilliant like because then it was like oh well you know you can actually lip read you could get um, you know just benefits to that for you know in accessibility and disability and stuff like that there's the ability to you kind of start looking at the psychology of human perception, then about, you know, how we, mm. uh, how our brains fuse audio and visual um, information, and and you know, and then that starts opening up, you know, loads of things about inferring intent and, you know, where you want to go. So you know, ra- and round about eventually, twenty years later, you know, we're here at Subbox Labs, but mm. but that initial thing. I really liked it was just it just it was just like a light going off my head going, wow, you can actually lip, get a computer to lip read and um, instead of just doing audio speech, which is what yeah. humans do, right?
0: But it's incredible that well, what, what's been the big the big change in the last few years. So as an Instagram user, <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that uh, the, tra- the transcription feature and, you know, Adobe Premiere Pro all have access to this, you know, uh, inc- now incredible transcription even with our accents yeah. that we have, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they have not like or maybe they have localized it, you know, but it'd be very very specific Dublin voices. Uh, you know, it's almost incredibly accurate even to names. And I noticed from using it regularly that the Instagram one is is getting better and better and better. Okay. Is is that just from it absorbing more and more data every single time?
1: It was kind of a confluence of a couple of things that happened. And, and this really has only come about since about 2012, 2013. Um, the use of GPUs over CPUs, GPUs and CPUs, mm. so GPUs were the graphical processing units in computers that are mainly known for gaming, mm-hmm. but they allowed and Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, exa- well, yeah, exactly <laughs> true. Um, but they allowed for much bigger mathematical operations to be performed uh, on much bigger data sets. So like when I was doing my Ph.D. like 20 odd years ago, um, if I was running a neural net and no, not even a deep neural net, a neural net, right? There's really simple, two weeks it could take. And wow. that'd be on some cluster in a university somewhere. Right. <laughs> or you come back or you'd run it and you go home. And if one thing went wrong, it like you'd start all over again. Oh it was just horrible. And you he, he couldn't dial in and check it because, you know, it's too hard mm. to um, There was none of that. But there, so it's kind of the confluence of having um, a good, you know, available on demand cloud services like Amazon cloud services, mm-hmm. Google cloud services. They're available cheaply. I mean, you would have to be a massive 20, 50 grand outlay to do that cluster I used 20 years ago, mm-hmm. whereas now it's used on demand. So you had the processing got better. The means of collecting data, so we think it was all about Internet access, right? Mm-hmm. And people using apps and web services and so. So data could be collected um, and then the data, the models were built from the data. Mm-hmm. So the means of Internet connection mm-hmm. along with GPUs, the theory of neural nets was around decades. So it was only, the, it was now, it's like, oh, we can practically use it. So mm. before, when I was building speech recognition 20 years ago, we'd be doing it on, you know, East Coast US accent only. And then you'd do a separate <laughs> one for West Coast and Ireland, forget about it. Like yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have had the data or the means to do it. Um, but now it's kind of, well, our system, we build it for every accent. Like mm. We have voices from over 190 countries. Like, you know, I mean, that kind of thing that you, you, it's just a different way. Everything's different. Mm-hmm. The system can prefer, can actually trawl through masses amounts of the data. It, it can ignore the noise. It can say, you say these are all examples of apple. Mm-hmm. These are all examples of, a- and they're all correct. So you can say now, no matter what accent or dialect it's sent in, I'm telling you, computer, these are all right. Yeah. And then the computer figures out what's common and what's not, and and, and builds you know these different kind of models for it. Mm-hmm. Um, which means you can suddenly. Do tasks that were inconceivable all
0: those years ago. Do you, do you think there's, there's going to be protections in place to kind of, um, so say we're like AI analysis of just anal- analyzing how we are and what we do? Um, is there going to be kind of protection from that, keeping that information from ourselves? I'll give you an example. I, 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 I put out a task for some, one of my um, followers and he's an amazing engineer. He he took all, all transcripts basically of all of my podcasts and he nice. put them through an AI and he, and he sent me back transcripts in a in a Google Drive fo- file. He did it overnight of every basically every word I've ever said wow. in my you know three years of doing this podcast and then he fed it through some sort of, you know, analysis of information to see if there's any kind of, you know, regular mentions of things and I noticed that the number one thing I said the F word more than anything else. (laughs) And the number two thing is I'm I'm me, me. And I'm just like looking at this and I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't (laughs) know how self-centered I was on, (laughs) on my podcast. And I wonder, is there, you know, Will there be things in place to kind of protect information from people that maybe they don't see because we have our own bias? You the know, there
1: is a, there is stuff around um, social scoring and you know stuff that mm. is really inappropriate, like you sure. know, and, and and surveillance and stuff like they will be. These are called you know unacceptable use cases, and just Fair. like there are kind of ethical use cases. I'm not sure if that one falls into. No, no, that's just more <laughs> that's <funny. laughs> bit you of self-awareness I should have had. Don't look. <laughs> yeah,
0: just don't look. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I mean, I think there is it, anything that I mean, people are, there's a lot of people thinking very deeply about this, about the damage this can do. If there is any, you know, um, what happens getting it wrong? Like if your Netflix recommend recommender gets your recommender wrong. Mm. Okay. It's a little annoying. Yeah. I really don't want to see that again. Like Sure. But if a child is in the classroom and they're being the system is constantly giving them false positives or false negatives Mm. while all their peers it's working really well for Mm. like that's wrong that's damaging confidence like you know just feeling Mm. left out others and stuff like that so I think those things are really important so there are some use cases that are really going you know will have potential like financial decision making grants sentencing I think there are some examples in the the US where it's been using for sentencing. Wow. Yeah, and they used legacy data. I wonder what went wrong there. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, what you imagine went wrong. Went wrong. Yeah. You know, so a lot of those type of things is like, there's a lot of very high risk use cases and really damaging ones that just like, and but there's a lot of really good people spend a lot of time thinking and talking about those, like, and
0: yeah. You know. Do you do you think, I mean, where I, I mean, I know i not to kind of get into the conversation of, you know, the sentience, but there's, there's there is a uh, I certainly have found <laughs> that I'm so much more ruder to my Google Home than I would ever be to someone else. Yeah, For yeah. some reason, there's been a real block on my Google Home with finding me David Bowie recently. You know, I'm <laughs> like, can you play David Bowie Moon Age Daydream? And I'm like, I don't understand. And oh, I'm yeah. like, and I get <laughs> I get angry at it. But if there was like someone there in my house and I'm like, can you play David Bowie? They got it wrong. I don't understand. And if they did it ten times, uh, <laughs> It'd be a weird thing to have, like a kind of a like a butler in my house. Yeah. be like Put on David Bowie. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I don't yeah, understand, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, but uh, I do get more irrationally angry yes. towards my 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 A.I., my uh, my my phones. Um, I mean, do you think that's okay? I mean, do you uh, how, how are you with your with your kind of home uh, personal AIs and yeah, assistants?
1: I know I, I think there's a there's a lot to be said about that in some ways, I think I I love this. I love the Apple systems. I end up using it from my phone a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um I, I think there's a lot to be said about um, that in terms of humanizing it. Mm. I have a personal, you know, against the humanization of it. Like, you know, that it's sure. a it's a female Irish woman. It's a U.S. male. It's whatever. Yeah. It's a, you know, can we just make them tinny and roboty Yeah. Do they really need to be like ultra human voices? Mm-hmm. Um, because they are ai systems um, mm. and there's a lot i know i know people are striving really hard to be able to simulate that and i understand in certain circumstances that's great mm-hmm. but in that i don't really agree that it needs to be humanized because sure. then you do get into that scenario especially with young kids or people using it and stuff mm. like that going is it really right or maybe it should work or maybe the parent gets to decide whether please has to be added or thank you mm. before it actually works. You know, sure, I mean, yeah, yeah. you No, know, let's put it back into the hands of the end users to decide whether I want to listen to a very human person or I want to be reminded that this is a machine.
0: Mm. See, I, I worry that I would have cause I, <laughs> because <laughs> I know that when I'm talking to like, you know, Virgin Media, it's about my broadband. Like, you know, I'm a lot more curt and, you know, uh, and I'm rude and I'm kind of, you know, to, to, to an AI. And I wonder if, say in a few years time when kind of anything that is not your social media is in communication with ai does that affect how we start talking to each other yeah. if we if we aren't already there you know now yeah, yeah you yeah. know
1: and and again there's a lot of i think sometimes technology gets rushed out mm. which thought um and yeah i think Taking a pause and having these conversations is really good mm-hmm. because uh, you know eventually the tech companies will you know they'll respond to a user requests you know if that's what we want mm-hmm. or I just love the idea of optionality. They <coughs> so don't become a society of subservient, sure. <laughs> and then they will come together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, definitely, hundred <laughs> percent.
0: Um, w- were you uh, were you aware? Obviously, you've heard of this, you know, this Google engineer, this Blake Lemoyne, who um was then let go yeah, <laughs> and yeah. may have forged some of his documents. But he says that he kind of uh, he spoke to a chatbot that he became sentient. Were you familiar with this? Yes, of course. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was it dispelled yeah. or what was the what oh, was the engineering yeah. community's stance yeah, on this? I
1: mean, you know, it, it's an excellent um, natural language processing hmm. system. But again, I just go back to the idea of knowing how hard it is to get the stuff to work. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's suddenly sentient, I'm like, well, there's a load of stuff I don't know then, <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And I've sure. been in the space twenty years. Um, yeah. I think there's, I think there's great power, and, and probably the person who, not understanding the technical how it, ca- how it did respond or the details of it, mm. it would speak. You know, maybe you go, "Wow, that's really realistic." Um, or you know, a classic example is uh, where people say, "Oh." The systems are, you know, Facebook's listen to me, Google's listen to me, because I mentioned dog food, mm-hmm. and you know, it suddenly start doing well. You know, you probably Google dog food, or you probably buy dog food at the same time every week, or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's so much other information you're giving up all the time that mm-hmm. you know, it isn't always what you think it is.
0: Sure, there's a bit of bias in that. There's that the
1: intelligence. There, there's a network of intelligence there mm. that, that sometimes it can come across as you know, ooh, that's scary. I just thought that, and yeah. you know, well, maybe you do things at the same time. A really good example of that was some guy who was flying to meet his mother. And on the way to the airport, he got a recommendation for her perfume and he got really freaked out. He goes, I don't know. But I mean, he'd booked the flight to see his mother. He was in a taxi on the way. Every time he went to the airport, he used to buy her favorite perfume. Mm. And, you know, then, of course, the learning just served him the ad. And mm-hmm. he you know, so you can. Your immediate reaction is, "Oh, that's uh, that's weird." Yeah. And then when he actually played it out, and I think he actually went in and tried to figure it out. That's he said, "Okay, there's a pattern," mm-hmm. and it identified a pattern.
0: I do find it weird that Google sometimes where I, you know, I could be typing in something like, you know, Tom Cruise, and then Tom Cruise height comes up, and I'm like, I did actually want to know Tom Cruise's <laughs> height <Yeah>. specifically. <laughs> You're not that unusual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a real, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, a real yeah, margin yeah, yeah. case yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um. I have this ultimate A.I. uh, fantasy where um, I don't know, A.I. can all of a sudden track my eyes or something. Say I'm in like some sort of VR eye tracking is a big Mm. thing. Like the new PlayStation has this, you know, eye tracking. And then it only kind of um, has the resolution for your kind of focal distance that you can see. So it ends up using a lot less computing power. But I have this fantasy that, you know, where we can be somehow connected to things that are actually kind of um, measuring our excitement levels and the way A.I. art has turned into that we actually end up having media <laughs> essentially handcrafted yeah. for us based on our kind oh, of yeah, uh, like our reaction time. You
1: patent that, but it's too late Yeah, <laughs> right? to <laughs> myself,
0: uh, does that seem feasible or does that sound like a kind of uh, crazy grotesque <laughs> No <laughs> uh, future? No, it's not, actually. No. I mean, no,
1: uh, you know, it does a huge amount of work. I know it's gone on, on eye tracking around, you know, uh, marketing, being able to pick up likes and dislikes and things like that because they want to have more targeted ads. Mm. Um, so they will respond based on your likes. Learn to know what you like, just like your Spotify does. And eventually sure. start serving you the stuff. Well, my Spotify
0: has been ruined because my son. Um, oh, yeah, it's all you, you got to get family sharing. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah, really yeah, do. Yeah. Like, why would my want another uh, version of Wheels on the Bus <laughs> in my yeah, Discover <laughs> Weekly? You know, <laughs> somebody in your house does, yeah. <laughs> Um do you mind if I ask you some uh, questions sent in by my listeners? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, uh, w- well, actually, someone just mentioned something because I saw you—you you mentioned um, or with Soapbox or as your role as AI ambassador, potential uses of AI with with farming—and I found that fascinating. I couldn't quite think of any kind of use examples for that.
1: Um, in farming, the, I've, I know that there's a company using it for vertical farming, so they're using it for. Um, so what they do is they, they put sensors all over the place in, let's say in uh, moisture, humidity, temperature. And what they're able to do is then with image process gauge growth. And mm. um, so what they can do is trial a load of different conditions and find out which ones are optimized for growing a certain vegetation. Right. So c- all of a sudden, you're, um, you know, you're trying lots of things. And rather than someone going around with a clipboard, you know, oh, that one very well, this is automated, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so you can measure the temperature at different corners of it and knowing what s- responds and where to put heating, moisture, mm. uh, rain, you know, whatever. And the idea is to optimise because um, in smaller spaces and a lot of cities and vertical farming is supposed to be one of the solutions to help address, you know, food issues, sure, so sure. Is future food, I- food issues. But another one would be, um, in things like, um, you know, rejuvenation, rewilding and rewilding and claiming back our, our, our wildlands for climate change and stuff it's to be able to say, well, a good example would be of the efforts they're putting back into rejuvenating all the peatlands. Mm. Um, to be able to say um, this is working, you know, this rejuvenation working. You could actually do that, fly it over with sensors mm. Um, mm. or fly over d- drones or look at the methane or the CO2. Inputs and outputs with the sequestration of carbon, all that stuff you can imagine all over the world being able to say what is working. So we want to do X, we want to rewild and to be able to use AI to see the patterns Mm. that we can't see because it's too much information sometimes Mm. for us to process. You can have a a computer system goes if this and this and this and this and this, then it must be working or you could. Have an AI system process vast quantities of data from all these different sensors, mm. and the outcomes from the image processing of, you know, to be able to say how much has grown, to say what works and what doesn't work. Mm, that's um, fascinating. And you just accelerate. Yeah, you accelerate solutions. You know,
0: what well, what what are what are some, um, you know, because I was surprised to hear you mention that um, that decision making could be something that's included. You know. Um, or could be something that we could, you know, offload to AI. What do you think would be one of the more difficult jobs to ever replicate with AI?
1: A lot of that, I mean, I genuinely think creativity. I know people are looking at all these. Yeah, the AI art it's getting very good, but it's the it's the spark. I think it's the the emotional connection. Mm. Um, You know, I've, I've heard mentioned like, you know, if you wanted if somebody wants to become a doctor and they're worried about like you know AI is going to replace it all, but to kind of balance it with your emotional intelligence and really you know invest in yourself and mm-hmm. your own like your connection to humans, there's no never going to be a replacement for somebody wanting to sit with a doctor who's human and I can empathize with them and explain to them rather than sure. a robot. Yeah. There's going to be limitations to yeah. responding. There's there's something innate in us to be able to understand how to communicate with each other. Mm. It can be mimicked. And you could probably apply that in every field, mm. you know, that there is always going to be something that's about you. So I know working, <laughs> let's all work on ourselves. <laughs> <you know? Yeah. laughs> <You> know, <laughs> be better people, yeah. be m- more emotionally connected to each other. Because um, I don't think um, there's an example where if you could walk into a shop and somebody meet you and explain to you and have a laugh with you and, you know, do that versus the efficiency I mean, I don't know if there will be some people who will 100% just go for the efficiency. Sure. Of, of the, yeah. And there will be a lot of people who still want to connect with us. And so I think that human connection, that creativity, mm. that empathy, um, I think there's a limit to what it can be. Because there is do. there
0: is a weird reaction, you know, you see, you might see like an amazing, you know, it looks like a black and white photo and then someone tells you, oh, you know, that's a pencil and the changes uh, yeah, you have that yeah, change yeah, yeah, in your yeah, mind, absolutely. you know, I suppose that's that could be the future where you're like, oh, you don't know a person did that, yeah. you know, and then that's the difference. Yeah, the yeah, you pay extra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there is issues with, say, design where, you know, a friend of mine, Killian, he's doing this, um, he's, you know, he's a very funny comedian, but he's he's got a, a, a cinema podcast and him and his partner were looking, trying to make art for, you know, this podcast and trying to look up, you know, royalty free uses of images or stock images. And they knew exactly what they wanted, you know, which was just velvet, red velvet seats that they were looking so that they could superimpose themselves in the front. But he was saying saying this to me, like how amazing it is with technology, where it's like, I know it's there. Like, I know we would have to keep looking, but it is out there and we can get it, you know. But there are designers who kind of I suppose there are designers who would do that now. And I suppose with AI, it'll exclusively really be design and then yep. add the actual art would yes. be you know used by the by the person you know yeah
1: i think it will be the unexpected or it'll be the um, the elements of design that uh, you know are relevant to the person who wants it or sure. the person who designed it as opposed to this is what humans are i like cuz one somebody ran it by me once about uh, what about this systems ai system that's going to review scripts and it's going to know the scripts that performed really well with focus groups mm. and then filter on that. And I said, oh, my God, that's a world I don't want to live in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all going to imagine how predictable that would get. Sure. You know, and how uncreative it would be because are we not already there. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And then we, we probably there. are. But I think there's there's always going to be a demand for that, you know, we'll get really tired of that. Yeah. yeah, you know, we'll get you know, and 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 maybe there will be a period of time where people go, oh no, it's working, it's working. Mm. Again, and then all of a sudden we'll just go off a cliff. Yeah, you know, because we're all going to get really tired of that, and and people who think they can solve it because they think human, that 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 creativity, that spark, that unexpectedness, that connection with other humans, that empathy, or even recognizing how the world's changing, or you know, things like that, that looking at patterns mm. and predicting, you know, I don't know if there's an element going to miss
0: What terrifies me about about the idea of AI being kind of tastemakers or creatives is just, you know, so we get to quantum computing and trends are literally like you think you get off a bus and you're wearing the wrong clothes yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. you know, in the journey, yeah. because things have just moved yeah, literally yeah, yeah. That, that fast. You know, I mean, I already feel like things move that fast. that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like I hear, like my younger brother and sister and, you know, the words, the slang they use. And I'm like, huh? has, has there been an AI quantum computer who has just, you know, rewritten yeah, what yeah, it yeah, is yeah. to be so to so be so cool? Dark, so yeah, 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 so that, that that's terrifying. Um, um, Here's one from Alison Dooney. This is actually a good question. Is consciousness a computation? Does AI have, quote unquote, understanding?
1: I would say not now. Mm. Very much not now, but knowing how I mean, that's that was go back go back to the Google engineer. You know, the, sure. the, well, he wasn't an engineer, actually, but like, you know, the Google guy um, who perceived it as sentient and perceived it as having consciousness. Mm-hmm. But it was just doing a really good job of pretending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it's not say so you'll never get there, but uh, you know, when you've you know working in the system for a long time, that that word brittleness, it's it can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. But but knowing how brittle it is, um, I mean, we've a long way to go before it's it's anything like that. And I know there are people actively working on it, but I think that they're not the concerns mm-hmm. I, I would have right now, and, and they're not the concerns you know I talk to people about. Um, I think it's where people's mind goes because it's most dramatic and it's what yep. we've been, you know, the Hollywood blockbuster script. Because sure. uh, consciousness and when the robots are coming to get us and the singularity are all the same thing. Right? Yes. Right? It, it, yeah, it's, it's In the, the mind, AI systems yeah. get more intelligent than us. Yeah. Um, but the reality is we're a long way away from mm. that. It's not that it won't happen. Nobody could predict. I, I, I would say nobody can predict when it's going to happen. Uh, But within very narrow use cases, it's extremely powerful already. It just isn't broadly. Yeah. Um, And we probably have to rethink the whole thing. Yeah. Um, You know, with the way it's built at the moment, there doesn't, you know, people can say it's all these new methods of transforming stuff that to be able to learn better, but it's still that broad. Mm. Because if you think every decision you make in life, you're taking your previous experience, your intuition, your intuition could be built from years like going back to a child, you know, like, you know, big time, um, context, memory, like the senses, all the senses you're processing at the same time. You know, scientists don't even know how humans (laughs) arrive at this. How could we possibly be teaching computers to do it? Hmm. Um, That's kind of where I sit with it at the moment. I mean, you know, we're all keeping an eye on it where it's going, but it just it seems we've a leap.
0: If, if we were to get to that level, how do you think what? What do you think would be the most likely uh, technology to get us there? Would it be, you know, trying to teach, you know, a program? Would it be trying to actually replicate how a brain works digitally? Would it be, you know, um, trying to essentially emulate how a human brain works and in that kind of way?
1: Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I honestly, I don't know. Mm. Um, it's, it's I think every piece of information I, you know, you'd have to sit there and literally you'd fill every wall in this room writing down the potential for what. Information I'm leaning on to arrive at everything I do. In life. Sure. yeah, yeah You yeah. know, the way I don't think it's limited mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I, to be honest, I kind of love the fact that we don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think artificial intelligence, I think the definition of artificial intelligence, which is, you know, a machine that has the ability to perform a task normally pre- performed by humans is really wrong because it, that requires human intelligence. And mm-hmm. I think they don't have human intelligence because our human intelligence is very lateral, like it's mm-hmm. broad, you know, but it in some ways can be more powerful than us in those very narrow use cases. Mm. And I think if you look at it that way, it kind of makes it, you understand why we have what we have today and why those things are not a media concern. We need to keep an eye on it, but we need to mitigate the. The, the, the real issues today around bias data mm. and because that's a lot of really boring AI that's out there. Yeah, yeah. we'll have an effect on our lives. You might even know what's happening in the background. But, you mm. know, we need to legislate and regulate for those ones. Yeah, for the good of society and, for the, you know, for for all of us, like, you know, to to keep the eye on that.
0: Keep the eye on the people using the people it. And <laughs> people and today exploiting and,
1: and, and not to get to be honest, I like I don't think we should get distracted by that stuff Mm -hmm. because there are issues that we need to keep talking about and making sure everybody's behaving themselves. Sure. That we don't end up in a Cambridge Analytica Facebook scenario. ever again, that's what we need to be, Mm -hmm. you know, careful of. And I think there's a lot of stuff in place. And that was really good, right? So kickstarted a lot of good discussions got us all thinking. Um, But they're they're the issues Mm -hmm. like, you know, almost kind of for some people it would be good if we all kept talking about the future, or it was coming to get, because we'd missed stuff right in front of us. Anyway. Sure, well, and it, it's good. It's it, it's a good conversation to be having, and I think there's a, we're all making good progress. But yeah, just keep it keep, keep it where keep <laughs> yeah. an eye. On. Let's just keep an eye on everybody. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. behaving, and we can build something good. Sure.
0: Can I last question? What what um what kind of upcoming technology or what can you see on the fringes? Um, one of the maybe the most exciting use cases of AI for you personally.
1: For me, climate tech. For mm. sure, like everything about that, just excites me. Um, it's just, you know, I think you know, when you, <laughs> you have a kid, I have a kid, and I'm all I just, you know, just this doom and gloom, <laughs> this doom and gloom sure. of climbing, where I'm kind of excited about the amount of investment that's going into it, mm. the role AI will be play in in terms of identifying the problems, helping to explain and model out what a future will look like, is really powerful when you've got non technical um, or non climate experts making policy decisions in mm. governments. You know, if you can model out the future and you can be very good about it and you can explain it and, th- and stuff like that. And then you can use AI to help deal with it, help look, look at all the energy patterns of people, help people optimize sure. their own energy uses, performance, help rejuvenate the wildlands, the planet, mm. I- instead of what works, what doesn't work. I mean, technology and AI can help in all those um, scenarios, which is really you know it can have a really good impact so that's kind of yeah. every time I see it, I just get excited because you know it takes <laughs> me away from I know humans. sure <laughs> yeah.
0: until you see some bumper sticker that says you know keep your politics out of my ai <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And,
1: and, and then we and then we all get depressed again it's yeah. good you know there's great stuff going on in healthcare in um in you know in, in medical sure uh, imaging wise you know mm. predicting illnesses being able to Look for, uh, you know, drug discovery, stuff like that to the drug discoveries, personalized drug discovery as well that eventually medicine that will work better based on your physiology will take the mm-hmm. inputs about you and h- give you a customized medicine. You know, the way sure. there's, there's a lot of very cool stuff that AI has been applied to mm. um, in education, being able to kind of level the playing field for for people to, you know, not everybody's going to have um, know the right conditions for education in terms of teacher student ratios you know supports and stuff like that but mm. ai can can help that as well like there's lots of good things we can do if we can you know just balance the the benefits and the risks
0: sure well i'm sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh Trish, thanks so much this was a lot uh, of fun welcome. yeah i no, really appreciate you. it yeah, cheers thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay great that was really
2: good that was a